This is a rather unique time of year for me. Uh, this time of year is the time of year where we do lots of planning, lots of arranging, lots of scheduling. I love to head into uh, ministry year, which starts in September for us. I like to head into ministry year with kind of a tentative plan in place. Like kind of a teaching schedule in place, kind of the workers in place and, and that kind of stuff. Just so as we move forward, it's not quite as big of a surprise. Um, so that is this time of year for me. The month of August is, is just like that. It's a time when we do a lot of praying about God's direction and what that looks like for us. So um, it's been a, we're just running into that right now. So while I was sitting there listening to Pastor Ernest last week, uh, he was talking about contentment and uh, not putting your hope in what you have, but rather serving God with your whole heart. That was what he was talking about last week, right? And I was thinking, how will they know where to serve unless we're telling them we have opportunities? That was a thought that kept rolling around in my head last week. So that's a little sneak peek of where we're going today is we're going to end off with certain opportunities. We have tons of them here if you'd like to, to join our team, but we want to do a little bit of teaching leading up to that. So, loving Jesus, serving others together. That's really what we're all about. But what does it look like to be part of that team? What does it look like? Why is being part of a team really, really important? So if you're visiting this morning, please don't zone out. This is not actually just a sermon for our own church family. This is a, you can take this back to your church too, right? You can take this back to your community and apply it there too. So listen here, apply there. Listen here, apply there. So, we're in 1 Corinthians 3. Thank you, Calvin, for reading that for us this morning. If you look in your Bibles, many of these Bibles have a lot of different passages that are different headaches for this, this passage. Um, basically, what they're trying to do is we have people trying to somehow encompass the whole passage and a few catchy words that will make you want to want to read through that passage, right? So here's some of the titles that I've seen. Divisions in the church, the church and his leader, leaders, Paul and Apollos, servants in Christ. Uh, another one I heard with where I found was the problem of immaturity. But when we try to focus on one specific thing in the passage, we can easily get a title that doesn't quite work for the whole passage sometimes. So this morning I thought what we would do is we would look at the illustrations that Paul is using in this passage and apply it to we're going to be talking about a little later. So we don't want to focus on a few a few things. We want to focus on the whole picture to get the whole context of this passage. And it's a really beautiful picture, I think. So let's just spend a few minutes just looking at his illustrations. So the first illustration that we have here, Paul is talking about, it's a really familiar one to us given our rural context, right? Many of us have gardens, some of us are farmers, and uh, we understand this whole idea of planting seed, watering seed, feeding seed, and, and the harvest that goes along with that. So there's a couple of ideas that I want to pull out of this passage that he's talking about when he's talking about the planting seed and the watering seed. The first one is, both Paul and Apollos were on the same team. Both Paulus and, Paul and Apollos were on the same team. They were pulling in the same direction. They may have been doing different jobs. They may have had different. They may have had different jobs that they were doing, but they had the same goal in mind. The same goal in mind. They were instruments being used by God with the same goal in mind. And here's the goal. Um, the goal was to spread God's word. That's what the goal was. They were gifted men. 
They knew it. They were diligently following God's leading them. They were called to serve, and that's just what they did. They were serving diligently. Um, Paulus was watering or feeding, and Paul was planting. So we, too, are part of a much greater team. And I want to give you a little illustration, and this is actually one that happened here during BBS week. I haven't told too many people this one yet. Um, Wednesday afternoon at the end of the program, I had assumed my regular position, which is out under the carport, right at the end of the of program time. And the reason I do that is actually to watch kids head out with parents, because you can kind of tell which kids go with which parents, and uh, guardians, and make sure everybody's heading in the right direction. The other reason I'm out there is because I get to say goodbye to the kids, and I get to say hi and goodbye to the parents. It's a, just a really great connecting time with people. Uh, this particular day, there was a grandmother that would come up to talk to me, and I've known this grandmother for quite a while. She's not from our church, but uh, she brings her grandsons here to VBS uh, every year. Um, so I knew this grandma, and she was really excited the day before her grandson had come up and asked her what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. So this woman was a, is a believer and uh, knew exactly what to say. So she had the privilege of leading her grandson to Jesus, which is very cool. That's a really great thing. So um, she's also the kind of grandma that's going to continue to, to teach her grandson about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So she was really excited to tell me about that. And I thought, well, that is a really cool illustration of being part of the team, right? We had the privilege of spending some time with them here. We maybe got to do a little bit of planting, a little bit of watering, right? But she got to do the introduction. It's a much, much larger team than just the team that's here at our church. So think about that when you're out in the community. We're part of a much larger team. We need to be out there sharing too. Um, the second thing I would like to point out in this illustration is location. location. We are in God's field. Right? God owns it. Uh, he's in control of it. Nothing happens in this field that he is unaware of. Um, think for a minute with me what that actually means, though. If it's his field, there's really no pressure for us to perform. There's really no pressure for us to impress because it's God's field. He's in control of it. He's doing, he's, he's got it all. We just have the privilege of working in that field with him. We get to be the guy that sits in the tractor and drives for a Right? We get to be that guy. So that's actually a really great thing. We get to be in his field working for his honor and for his glory. Let's move on to that second illustration uh, Paul uses to teach the Corinthians. And he's using to teach us. And the second illustration is the illustration of a building. If you look on the pictures, at the screen at these pictures up here, you may not be able to see the one on this side very well, but that's actually a picture of a, of a straw fort. How many of you guys have ever built a straw fort in a haymow? They don't last very long, right? Usually they get, they get used up pretty quick. And they're up by the steel roof and they're, they're just up there and they're protected. But if you were to take that straw fort and set it outside, how long do you think that straw fort would last? By the next day, if it rained that night, you would not want to sit inside that straw fort because the rain just continues to come through. There's no footings, there's no foundation on that straw fort. The second building is one that most of us probably have never seen, except for maybe John and Jean. The second one is Buckingham Palace. Um, there are 775 rooms in Buckingham Palace. There are 19 staterooms, 52 
royal and guest bedrooms, 188 staff bedrooms, 92 offices and 78 bathrooms. The measurements of this building are 300, I converted it, 354 feet long, 393 feet deep, and 78 feet wide. So if you come out to our place in two weeks and you look from my deck across to the neighbor's place, not my dad's place, the other place across the road, that's probably getting close to 400 feet. That's how wide this building is. This thing is crazy huge. Um, just a little bit of history on this one. George III bought Buckingham Palace in 1761 for his wife, Queen Charlotte. 14 of the, his 15 kids were born there. George IV, on his ascension, decided to reconstruct this house. And as the work progressed in 1826, George had a change of heart and wanted to transform this little house into a palace. So he budgeted, well, actually, Parliament gave him a budget of 150,000 pounds, but he wanted 450,000 pounds. That's $717,000 Canadian in 1826. So just think of the conversion to today, it would have been millions. Um, so Nash actually retained the main part of where the building was and kept it inside of there. The north wing and the south wing were demolished and rebuilt on a much larger scale. The triumphal arch was put in there. And then in um, July 1873, Queen Victoria moved in. And they soon figured out that the palace wasn't working for them with all of those rooms. There was no place for nurseries. So they added on another wing for nurseries and bedrooms just to make it so safe to say, part of that building that was there in 1761 is still there today. There's no straw in that house, right? That house has a, uh, is made of precious stone, and that's what the passage is talking about. Precious stone is something that's going to stand the test of time. Uh, that one has a good footing underneath of it. It's going to last. Um, so I share these two contrasting buildings with you to make the same point that Paul's making. The straw house really has no foundation under it. You can pick that thing up and move it tomorrow. You can move it, you can feed it, you can do whatever you want with it. It's gone, it's not a permanent structure. But Buckingham Palace would have had an extensive foundation underneath it. Even though it was hit nine different times during World War II, uh, there was really no extensive damage done to it. So that was an extensive foundation underneath it. Paul says, I laid the foundation and others are building on it. They're building on with care. Paul's foundation was the foundation of Jesus Christ. Paul's foundation was the work and the person of Jesus Christ. That's what his foundation was. The life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul says each should build with care. So we don't actually get to choose what we put with the foundation. The foundation is already there. We don't get to choose it. Rather, we need to be careful that we're building on it in such a way that it's on. We are saved by grace alone. That's what we're building onto this foundation. The second part of Paul's illustration goes on to test the quality of the material. Wood, hay, and straw are something that are easily burned up, but gold, silver, and costly stone, those things stand up to the test of time. Um, they'll stand up to quite a bit of heat going through a fire. Um, so each of us are created to love Jesus and to serve others, and it's the spirit of Jesus that lives in us. But those of us who put our faith in him that allows us to love and serve others and to be part of the team. So what Paul is saying here is really watch your motives. Are you doing this to honor and serve God? Those are those things that are going to last. 
or are you doing this to honor yourself? Because if you're doing this to honor yourself, those are the things that aren't going to last. That's what we're talking about in the second part of this passage. Only things that are done in God's honor are going to last. The other are going to be burned up. Soon be gone. Judged for what it really was. So, here's the practical part of it. Paul's encouraging two things here. The first one is motivation. So why are you serving? We're serving others because we love Jesus and we want others to know how great Jesus is and the difference that he makes in our lives. The second thing he wants us to know is that we serve together. Paul, Apollos, Cephas, or Peter, uh, these guys knew that they were all part of a team. They weren't the perfect team, we're not the perfect team, but they were serving together. They knew what it was to be part of a team. They knew that it wasn't a one-man show, and they knew that serving was done together. We really do have an amazing church family. Our uh, evidence was, it was evidence at uh, BBS this year. You guys pulled together as a team extremely well. Definitely not perfect, but we're growing together, and we're learning how to, how to serve better together, and it's great. Julie did a great job leading us. But there's lots and lots and lots of other places to serve too. So that's what I wanted to, to share with you this morning is there are lots of other places to serve. Annette is not up here right now. There she is. So if you would like to be part of our nursery team, and this isn't just for, for ladies. Nursery team is uh, for guys too. So if you would like to be part of our nursery team, Annette is the one to talk to about that right there. Okay? Or maybe you don't want to sit on the floor and play with the kids. That's okay. You can uh, be part of our desk monitor team. We need a safety team too. So also, Annette is the one to talk to about that. If you would like to be uh, part of our Sunday school team, Sunday school team, we have our teachers in place for this year, but it's really, really nice to have substitute teachers. So uh, that would be great to have a list of those. So if you want to be part of our team, or if you think that leading opening session with the kids is a lot of fun because it really, really is. Um, that's part of that team too. So come and talk to me about uh, being part of our Sunday school team. It's a really fun team. Um, Airborne. Airborne is our midweek program. And I was going to point out Mark in the back, but he's not here this week. Uh, Airborne is our program that actually reaches the community extremely well. And uh, we have a lot of community kids that are, that are here on Wednesday nights with us. So if you would like to be a coach or a helper or just something to do with Airborne on Wednesday night. Um, Mark Westra is the guy to talk to about that. And maybe you think I am ready for kids who are a little older than uh, grade six because those little guys scare me. Maybe I'm be part of helping with our youth team. We're always looking for uh, small group leaders. We're always looking for just new blood. Um, these guys are really fun to hang out with. What we're really looking for is somebody that's just a great listener. So if you want to be part of our youth team, come and give me, come and talk to me about that. Or maybe you think, I need somebody, I need to be even older than those youth guys. Like, let's go with college and career kids. Then we, we're wanting to start something for college and career. So come and talk to me about that one too. Um, we also have an amazing worship team here at our church, which was evident this morning, right? <clears throat> but, and if you've been here for a few weeks, you also notice that it's not just adults up here on stage, it's kids up here on stage too. So if you would like to be part of our worship team, Julie's the one to talk to about that. And uh, we would love to have you be part of our worship team. On Sunday mornings, you'll notice there's people at the back handing out bulletins and welcoming you at the door. And uh, if you
if you would like to be part of that team, we're always looking for more people to be part of that team too. We want to be known as a loving, welcoming church. And I think we are. Um, but that team needs more people to go with it. So you need to talk to Laura, our administrator. That's the one to talk to you about that. You also heard this morning quite a bit about servant ministries, right? With the shower coming up and with uh, the, the gift for Pastor Ernest. If you'd like to be part of the servant ministry team, Laura and Pastor Ernest are the ones that uh, head up that team. Uh, basically with that team, we're doing a lot of meals and visiting and meeting the needs of other people. It even goes as far as stacking wood or goes as far as getting rides to church or any other way we can serve. That's what that team does. So if you feel that that's a good spot for you to want to serve, that's a great spot. Um, the next team, I'm just running down through the list that we've got here. Uh, the kitchen team. So the kitchen teams are rather important because they look after, first of all, coffee after church. Uh, they look after potlucks and funerals and other occasions here in church. So if you'd like to be part of kitchen, Annette is the one to talk to you about that one again. We have a missions team. Uh, we also are looking for elders and a treasurer. So if you'd like to, to uh, know more about either of those positions, Pastor Phil and the elders is a great one to talk to you about. If you really don't know where you're being called to serve, there's a really good way to figure this one out. We have a small group team and we have a prayer team. If you would like to understand more about what it means to serve here, our small group folks would love to help you learn how to do that. Help you discern what God is calling you to do. Help you understand what your gifts are. Or maybe meet with one of our prayer folks after church or in the prayer room before church. What a great way to, to learn God's direction for your life. Right? Show what your gifts and abilities are and use those as a great way to start. So Dave and Melanie Pike are our small group folks and Doug and Lynn Smith are our prayer team. Um, it would be a great spot to serve. Also, serving doesn't just have to have to happen here at our church. God may be leading you to serve someplace else, to be part of a team somewhere else. So starting at work, right? Serve him with all your heart at work. Or maybe it means being part of a team out in a community. So coaching soccer teams or coaching other sports teams. I know there are lots of people here who are who are coaches out there that you're part of a team. Or maybe you would like to be part of the hospice team in Clinton. Or maybe one of the local food shelters or here in County Food Distribution, those are great spots to serve. Or maybe um, we have a couple of local Youth for Christ organizations in the area. Maybe you'd like to be part of what they're doing too. So these are just a few possibilities here at our church and in the community around us. Like, think, think big, think, where's God calling me to serve? Which team does God want me to be part of, both here and in the community? The main thing to realize is that you are here for a very specific reason. And the reason you're here is to honor and glorify God. God wants us to all be a team pulling together. That's what he's telling us here. We want to be a team pulling together for his honor and for his glory. Right. Let's just close in prayer. Pray, Lord, thanks for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for how you teach us the direction you have for us. You're so great. Lord, we want to serve you with all of our hearts. We want to understand what that really means to you. Show us this week the gifts and the abilities that you've given us. Show us how you would have us serve you. Show us how you would have us join a team.